0: All right, you guys remember what Sarah talked about last week? Cheat sheet up there, good grief, you guys. You guys had to use the cheat sheet, come on. Hopefully you remember more about what I talked about too, I mean it's, you guys got to use the screen for a cheat sheet, we just, we've got to focus, we got to work on something. Um, so what did she talk about besides breaking bread, do you guys remember? Sarah, no, no helping them. Okay. She talked about community, spending time together, spending life together. Um, you know, um, Sarah and I went to, we're, um, went to some people's houses that were doing marriage counseling and, and by the end of the night on Friday, they're like, this is marriage counseling. I said, <laughs> said, yeah, this is how it starts. And they, it was funny because he didn't know how to, th- they thought it was going to be a sit down where you sit across a couch and how does this make you feel kind of thing. And um, it wasn't head shrinking. It wasn't, it's about spending time together, spending, le- uh, spending that quality time, getting to know that person because there's something about um, community that when we, we spend time together, the unity grows with that. And, and what I've got to talk to you guys about today is unity and community. Um. Unity is in the word community, so that kind of just plays together, which I really wasn't planning on doing that until I started looking at it. I'm like, oh yeah, it works out perfect for me. Um, But there's something about a group of people that are all on the same page, that are all tied together, bound together with one common goal, with one common purpose. Unity is something that um, you read about in the Bible, churches talk about, People always think, "Well, yeah, we want unity," but unity is sometimes hard to come by. Um, you ever? We'll, we'll start with marriage. You guys ever bet out a unity or agreement with your other better half? <laughs> yeah. You ever get in an argument with the better half, and there's no unity in the agreement? It's just awkward. You walk around the house and you're just like, ah, I don't agree with you on this. I don't, we don't see eye to eye on this. And, and I'm not saying it's a, big, it's a big thing, but there's something about it, man. When you're out of agreement with your spouse, it's like like nails on a chalkboard awkward. It's just like it doesn't set well. It doesn't rest well with your spirit. And You always want to be in my, for me, I'm always like, I want to be on the same page as my wife. If we're arguing about something, if we're out of agreement on something, I'm like, let's get this figured out. I got 10 minutes to figure this out. I know the answer. Let's go and let's get it done. And then my wife looks at me like that and says, nope. And then she does the head squish. And because usually I am right. Yeah. But anyway, um. People always, but, but unity is something that, it means people come together with a common purpose and the same vision. Yeah. But what, in our society, we think, well, I'm my own person. I have my own thoughts. I have my own likes. Um, I'm unique and I'm different. In, in this culture, it's like, well, I'm unique and different and everybody looks the same. It, it, it is. I mean, you you have... Teenagers, well, I'm different and I'm unique and, and they all have the same clothes and they have the same hairstyle and, the, and they all dye their hair the, the, the opposite color, but it's like you're all the same. It doesn't matter what you wear, what you dye your hair, how you cut your hair, you're all the same because we, as our society, we value our uniqueness and, and so does God, but what happens is, is in that society, it, it, it takes us out of unity with the rest of the people around us so in the body of christ we need to have unity not just in in a we all like to come to church and sit down and and listen to a good word we need unity in the vision that we have the mission that we have the purpose that we have you all have a purpose you all have a mission you all have a vision for your life and every one of yours is different than mine But when we come together for a single purpose, it's powerful. When we come together for a single purpose and a vision, when we gather people in this house for a single purpose and a vision, it becomes even more powerful than anything we could do on our own. The community we have is something that needs to grow. We all need to grow in relationships. That's how the kingdom of God grew. They didn't just walk up to people and go, you got to get saved and then they fell into church. Some of it did happen that way, but a lot of it was, look at Jesus. How did he gain people into the kingdom? Asked him for water, said, I'm going to break bread with you. I'm going to go to a, a, a um, dinner with you. He was always doing things to gather people into his community. So we look at his disciples. He didn't just come up to them and go, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm the savior of the world and I'm going to die on the cross. You want to follow me? He said, no, come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He gave them a purpose. Unity creates momentum. It brings many areas and people together in one driving force. It takes different visions, different giftings, different callings, and says, you know what, we're going to focus those in as one driving point. It's like trying to take... um, a nail, and a hammer, and say, I'm going to take all of these and put them into the same board in the same spot. It doesn't work. It just, sh- it destroys what you're putting it into. You ever had a nail gun, and you put like six nails into the same spot, and it just <laughs> slowly disintegrates the board? I've never done that, because I'm an excellent, I'm an excellent builder, I'm just saying. Um, I was a little angry. I was a little angry at that time, like, you know, just driving in with the nail gun. Um, But what happens is, is when we focus in one single thing, it's like the nail gun going and hitting the board and going, pulling the trigger and boom, it secures it, it locks it into place. So it's one nail instead of saying, okay, I've got to use 10. What we, we do as humans, we try to, we try to just launch as many nails at a board as we possibly can or launch as many missiles in the air and say, well, I hope one hits. That's not unity. Unity is coming together and say it's going to be one thing, one driving force to move into our area, move into our town, move into our region. But it's different people doing it. We come together in unity for the vision of the house, the church that we're in. But our gifts all propel, all boost, all add to that vision. It's not just mine or Sarah's or Whatever, it's, it's the, the vision of the house and we all help it out. We all add to it. So, it creates momentum in our, in our, in our growth as, as a, a community of believers. It creates momentum in our, in our town because what it does is, is we're bringing life to the town because we're unified and saying, you know, we're going to change this area. God's going to change this area and we're going to be the driving force behind it. We, we want change, we want to see heaven come to earth in this town, so what do we do? We focus on that and say, we're going to bring that to earth. And what it does is it creates a driving force in his church, so his church advances, takes ground, takes ground, takes ground. I was watching this TV show, and um, there's this, I'm not going to go into it, but there's this old guy, and he's cutting hair, and he has this saying on his wall, it says, always move forward, never Stop moving. Never turn back. And that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is always progressing, always moving, and never waiting around and saying, well, we'll just wait around. The kingdom of God moves whether I'm moving or not. I've watched the kingdom of God move without me, and I'm like, oh, I've got to catch up. I don't want to get caught in, in the, I don't want to be in, in the, the back and go, oh, well, the kingdom of God, oh, it's there, and you start running after it. I don't want to be caught standing around and going well you know i guess we could do this and then god's like well i'm just going to keep moving and whether you move or not i'm going to keep moving unity is different people different ministries same mind same heart for the same vision to move the kingdom forward unity is something that can be hard to obtain because People want their, I'm me, you can't tell me how to do it, you can't tell me what to do, and I'm my own person. And So when we create community, when we live life together, these connect groups that we're going to be doing, this is going to create something about a relationship because I know all of you, but you don't know all of each other. Some of you do, but some of you have never even talked to each other. I would hope you would have by now. We're, it's not a very big group of people. that have, So you should all have some kind of community. Again, are you going to be best friends with everybody? Absolutely not. But are you going to be, Sarah? you'll be best friends with Sarah whether you like it or not. Um, but there's something that when we come together, it creates a bond. When we live life together, when we, we have dinner together, we share our, our pains, our sorrows, our, our joys, our the things that God has done for us. It, it creates a bond. And that's what we were designed to, for. God designed us to be with each other. That's why he made Adam and Eve, not just leave Adam there and, and create the world. He needed someone to live life with and have community with. Romans Fifteen four through 6 says you see everything written in the days of old was recorded to give us instructions for living we find encouragement through the scriptures and call to perseverance that will produce hopeful living i pray that our god who calls you and gives you perseverance and encouragement will join all of you together to share one mind according to jesus the anointed in in this unity you will share one voice as you glorify the true god so when we all come together on a Sunday morning, we all worship. Some of, you, some of you come in and are just like full on. Some of you warm up to it. Some of you are, are, are um, slapping people in the, you know. But what, but what we do is we all come together in unity to praise and worship God. We, we are coming together with one mindset and that's we're going to worship God. Do we receive from God while we worship? Absolutely. But our focus is to worship him and tell him how amazing he is and how loving he is and how good he is. To worship the creator who has created us. So we come together in unity to worship God. But he says, uh, Paul says, he goes in verse four, he says, I recorded to give us instructions for living. The instructions for living were break bread together. Spend time with each other. Take care of each other's needs. Help each other. Comfort each other. Console each other. Rejoice together. It's not all in one scripture. I'm pulling different parts. So if you're looking for that scripture, it doesn't, you're not going to find that whole lot of that. But, um, but Jesus gave us instructions on how to live life together. How to, to create a community of people who when they bond together become more powerful than we can be by ourselves. So there's something about unity in, in community because when we come together and we, we live that lifestyle together, we're like, you know what, I'm gonna, we're going to have dinner together, we're going to go out and do, you know, the beach, Sarah's favorite thing yeah. ever. But we need people that are next to us so we can grow and become one with people. When we grow and have community with people, when we, our bonds grow, we become a more unified body of Christ. We become more powerful as a group of people than we do by ourselves. Because everybody's giftings are different. Everybody's way to relate to people are different. The way one person may relate to somebody and the way I may, may relate to them, they may be able to walk up to them and say, you know what, blah, 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 and they instantly get saved. I may try the same thing and they punch me. It's probably going to happen. I mean. But when we grow in our relationships with the people around us, it bonds you to that person. It, 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 you create something. You've made a connection with that person. And that connection grows when we, when we come together. You can't have true unity with someone you don't really spend time with. You can't, you can't expect to have come into agreement, um, believe the same things, um, agree upon the same things that you don't spend time with and you don't have a bond with. That'd be like me meeting Sarah for the first time and say, we're going to have two kids, we're going to have a church, and, and we're going to live in a spirit, and she would have probably like, 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 you're crazy and walked away because we weren't, we didn't have unity, we weren't we didn't know each other's hearts. We didn't know where we were. It grew together. It's like a, a marriage bond. We don't always agree upon the same thing, but we come together no matter if I disagree or not. We make that decision. She disagrees. We make that decision, and we have unity on it. and We agree upon it. So you can't have true unity with someone that you don't know or spend time with or grow in a relationship with. You can say, oh, I know this person. We have unity but if you can't, tell them what they're, you can't tell them what the favorite color of that person is, you really don't know that person. Sarah's, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Sarah. It varies. Blue usually. Purple. Yeah. She, it changes depending on what mood she's in for color. So it was blue, but. Um, I'm in trouble after this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is a trick question. Know, know this, if Sarah ever asks you questions, at least one of them will be a trick question. <laughs> yeah, Just preparing them. Yeah. I had a person one time come to me. Um, this is when we first started doing ministry and we were, we were revamping things, redoing things, and setting up um, leadership and different things. And, and they kept saying, I'm in unity with you guys. I'm in unity with you guys. But their actions said completely different oh, I'm in unity. I'm like, thanks for the lip service because it said everything about your your demeanor, the way you carry yourself, it says, I'm not in unity with you. The whole time, they're like, oh, I'm in unity, but their the, the talk that we didn't hear, that people let us know, was divisive, was counterproductive, was destructive to what we were building. It caused turmoil. It caused pain. And the best thing about it was, God removed that person. Know this, that if you're moving towards what God wants you to move towards and people are causing problems, being divisive and saying, oh, I'm in unity with you. We're going to, I agree with you 100% and I'm just going to, we're going to do this. And there, you can see in their walk and their talk they can say, oh, I'm in unity with them. But I know this, God will remove that and will remove that person from you if they say, well, I'm just, yep, I'm in unity with you. Every time I heard that, I just want to go, no, you're not. Just just tell me what, what your problem is. See, you if my wife and, her and I are having an argument and we argue about something, but I won't tell her what I don't agree with or disagree with, how are we supposed to come together and say, I have unity with you we agree upon the same thing I can't so it it, it has to be an expression if if you say I'm in unity with you and if I say to my wife she wants to go to Florida and live and I say oh I'm in unity with you but I take all the money and and hide it so she can't move to Florida (laughs) that action says I'm not in unity with you The enemy will try to disrupt, destroy, and break unity with other believers. I can't remember the scripture, but it says that you're supposed to tie yourselves together, bind yourselves together with each other to be strong. So when he tries to break unity, disrupt you, disrupt the the flow of things know this he does this to cause turmoil because he knows that when we come together in agreement the church is unstoppable the church is always moving forward but if he can slow the movement down he will always place people in in your circle around you to cause divisiveness and to cause you to stumble but unity has to be fought for we have to fight for that, We have to hold our bonds with people as precious. Yeah. So we don't just get offended at them and say, well, I'm offended at you, you're no longer my friend, and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Think about this. If you disagreed with your, with your spouse, and they say, well, I disagree with you, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I heard about this lady. She had, she had lived with her husband for 25 years. It was like 1980 that they had a the disagreement and she hadn't talked to them in, in like 25 years. I'm like, the what the heck, really? I was yeah. like, I don't even understand that They lived in the same house for 25 years because they couldn't agree upon something, so she didn't talk to them for 25 years. Wow. While their children were living with them. Oh, yeah. The enemy will step in and try to put a fence into hearts yeah. to break apart what God is using to develop the kingdom and bring the kingdom to a greater perspective in people's lives, in their areas, in their houses, in their businesses. So when someone says to you, I disagree with you, work that out. Offense is the biggest hindrance to unity. If you can't be in the same room as a person, you got to work something out. You know, like, uh, I don't remember what I was watching, but it's like, I don't know. uh, I haven't talked to my sister in 15 years, but I don't remember what she did. And it's like, (laughs) that stuck with me. It's like, if you're still mad at a person after 15 years, and you can't even remember what they did. It's time to say, let's work this out. Because that is the biggest divider of the body of Christ is offense. Offended at each other, offended at what someone did, someone said, whatever it is. God wants us to throw that out. So you have to fight for your unity. You have to protect your unity in the spirit by protecting your heart and the community around you. You have to have a soft heart but a hard shell. You have to learn how to block off the, 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 the darts of offense and anger and bitterness but still have a tender heart towards people. You have to have a little bit of a thick skin sometimes, but still have a tender heart. Because when you when offense comes into your heart, what happens is, is this, it, it creates a hardened heart, a heart of stone. And then what happens is, is everybody around you isn't good enough to hang out with you, isn't good enough to to spend time with, and basically it's like, well, I don't like this person, but I like this person. I'm going to hang out with them, but... I don't want to hang out with them, but they hang out with this person, so I can't hang out with them because they hang out with them. You know what I'm talking about. You got that. It sounds like high school, but that's what it is. So we have to protect our unity. We have to fight for the people in the community around us. Fight to keep that connection with people. Because when we lose connection from people, we lose an understanding of who they are in their heart. Don't let offense slip in to the people you, with the people you care about the most. Don't let offense slip in for the people that, that mean the most to you. Don't let offense slip in to the people in the church and say, well, they quoted something wrong or they slapped me during worship or they, you know, or, they didn't say hi to me on a Sunday and they, they were rude and now I'm not going to talk to them. We are better together than we are alone. As a body of believers, a Christian by himself is just an island that nobody goes to. John Maxwell says, if you're if you're a leader, then people are following you. If you're not, if there's nobody following you, you're just taking a stroll. So by ourselves, whether you're a leader or not, you need other people. Because you may be a leader, but if you're not in a community of believers, nobody's there to follow you. You're just taking a walk. Oh, look at the trees, you know? It's like... <laughs> yeah. So, we all know Psalms 133. It says, when brothers and sisters dwell in unity, how, behold how good and pleasant it is. It's like precious oil running off the head, down the beard, and the garments of Aaron. And one thing you have to understand is this, is when a priest was anointed, the oil that they used was so valuable that the only time they used that oil was for anointing people into the priesthood or or, or the service of the ministry. So God values unity like people valued oil. How, how precious that oil was. So, God values unity. We should value it because the community around us, we're here to support each other. We're here to help each other. We're here to laugh together. We're here to help each other out when we need it. I know the people in my life, if I call them up and say, hey, I need help with this no matter what it is, most of the time they're going to be like, I'll, I'll be there, I can get it, I'll, I'll help you out. I can call them up and I know that they're going to take care of me. Because they know my heart, that I care about them, and I know their heart and that they care about me. And what that does is we allow, and what we do is we protect that connection with each other. So we don't, we don't let the enemy drop little darts in there and say, oh, well, this is going to, they said this and, and well, we're just... I'm so offended at them right now. I'm offended that you're offended right now. I mean, come on. God knows your heart and you can say, well, I'm in unity with you. But if you're not, two things will happen. Your heart will change and that's what we want or God will move you, plain and simple. Ephesians 4 says, As prisoners of the Lord, I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling he has graciously extended to you. Excuse me. Be humble, be gentle, be patient, tolerate one another. What? Oh, hold on, hold on. It says tolerate one another in an atmosphere thick with love. It doesn't say just tolerate each other. Well, I just tolerate them that one time a week I have to see them. That is not community. That is not unity. That is like, oh, I'm going to sit on the other side of the sanctuary because I don't want to see them and I don't want to talk to them. But Paul says, tolerate them in an atmosphere thick with love. You guys ever made pancake batter that was a little too thick? And when you go to make that pancake, it just it just turns out like, oh, I got a little bit of powder in the center or or it's doughy in the center. God wants us not to just tolerate each other. He wants us to tolerate each other in an a, a atmosphere that is so thick, like that doughy pancake batter that it's like it just sticks to you like tar. No, don't, no. Layla makes great pancakes. Don't ask me to pay, make pancakes. But, um, but he's saying, I want that atmosphere of love to be so thick that it's like tar that you have to literally just grab it off. You have to wash it off with something. So it's not just like, oh, I tolerate them. No, he goes, tolerate them in an atmosphere that's so thick with love that love overpowers the offense, the wrongdoing, the hurt feelings, Let love be so thick in, your, in the community that they don't know anything else but love. Let love be so thick that it, it literally is like, when they walk in, it's like, I just feel like this is a place that I can rest. I am home. I feel loved. So the moment they step in, it's like, man, they're just really loving people. When people come into your home, make them feel welcome and make them feel loved. You want hospitality? British hospitality is the best. You go to a British person's house, holy cow. They're taking their coat. They're pulling the arm out for you. They're making sure it's right. They're hanging it up. They put it away. They're hugging you when you come in. They have everything out for you. I mean, Sarah's amazing at hospitality. But the British hospitality is so amazing because... When you, when you go to the house and, they're, and, and when you get ready to leave they're, they're putting your coat on for you they're putting, you know, making sure that your sleeve doesn't get pushed up in there I mean make it so when someone comes to your house it is so thick with the love of God and so thick with the love of, of you are part of my community that they're like I want to go back you guys ever been to somebody's house you're like I just want to go back there it's, it's great I could stay here. Yeah. One thing that Sarah and I have really focused on is creating a house of love. And, and it started in 2006. We would have kids show up, abuse. Some of these kids ran away and they didn't know where to go. They, we had kids show up in our entryway sleeping on a pair of shoes as a pillow because they didn't know where else to go because they knew there was peace when they came into that house. They knew there there was love when they came into that house because no matter what they did, whether they were wrong or right, we'd still show them the love of God. One of the things that Paul says, it says, make every effort to preserve unity of the Spirit. Excuse me, preserve the unity that the Spirit has already created with peace binding you together. Says, the Spirit's already created unity, but preserve that. Because when we come in, into the unity in our spirits, our flesh lines up. If we try to create unity with our flesh and our spirit's telling us something different, that's just crazy. It gets crazy. But he says, the peace is binding you together. Unity creates peace. We may disagree on little things and and the ways to do things. But when unity comes in, it brings peace to a house, to a group of people, to a community, and it allows it to function without having to say, well, are we going to order red carpet or green carpet and fighting over it? If we're arguing over that, we've got some major problems. We've got some major problems and we need to look at, say, you know what, the focus of the church is not to what carpet we're going to get, but the focus of the church is moving forward and bringing people into the kingdom of God. Jesus said the, the, the fields are ripe for harvest, which means the wheat is full and it's flowing and it's ready to harvest it. Jesus said, hey, invite them to the wedding feast. Go tell them, hey, there's free food. There's free food. If someone came to me and said, oh, by the way, you're going to have a five-star meal at this wedding if you and you're free to come, I'd be like, you got A1 sauce? You know, I'm like, let's go. But Jesus is saying, Paul is saying is peace will bind you together. Jesus is saying that when you have peace, people will come in and find peace because his peace is, is there. The Holy Spirit is there. But if we don't know each other, how are we supposed to come into unity together so the peace and the love of God flows through all of us? One of the little subheadings that the the author um, of the translation wrote says, now Paul was described the new world as God would have it. He urges believers to live out their callings with humility, patience, and love. To walk as Jesus walked. These are the ways of Jesus. Paul encourages them to do whatever it takes to hold on to unity that binds people together in peace. He does not ask them to create that unity. This has already been accomplished through the work of of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Rather, he calls people and believers to guard their unity, a more modest but no less significant task. Because the unity is founded on God's oneness and and his work in the world. And then verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit just as you were all called to pursue one hope. God doesn't call a church many. He calls it one. Unity is not two. It is one. It may be many coming into one. It is a union of people coming together and saying, we're coming together for a common purpose. I may not know how to do this. You may know how to do this. Am I good at everything? Absolutely not. That's why there's more people. Where my weaknesses are, there's someone to fill in for, uh, for my weaknesses that is their strength. Where they're weak, someone else fills in for their, with their strength. That is what you, community does and unity does. So unity grows and thrives in an atmosphere of freedom. Is the, I believe unity comes together when there is an atmosphere of freedom First. You can have love but if there is no freedom, unity cannot grow. Yeah. I believe that if there is no freedom to be who God has called us to be, unity cannot grow. Yeah. Because what happens is, is like, well, I feel like I should, I should be worship, or worshiping or I, sh- I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And if there's no freedom to be who we are and, and use the gifts that we have, my gifts are not everybody else's gifts. I am multi-talented, I'm just saying right now. But my gifts are not everybody's gifts. My spiritual gifts are not everybody's spiritual gifts. So, unity takes all of our gifts and focuses them as one thing. It says, I'm going to use the teaching gift, the preaching gift, the evangelist gift, and I'm going to use everybody else's gifts and we're going to combine it and make it one force that cannot be stopped by the gates of hell see jesus said i'm going to walk into hell i'm going to take the keys i'm going to come back and what did he say to his disciples he goes i give them to you i give you the keys so you can do better than i have done i've done everything i've taken care of all the heavy lifting so you can do the light work. But all the light work, you'll do even more than what I did. So we have to have freedom. Jesus allowed his disciples to have freedom. Do you think that when they said, Jesus, hey, uh, they didn't like you, let's call down thunder and lightning on them and destroy them. Do you you think that was an atmosphere of love? He's like, you're stupid. (laughs) You just, how, you know, he said to them, how long do I have to be with you? how dumb are you that you don't get this? That I'm not going to call down lightning and destroy them. But Jesus didn't just say, well, you don't get it. You don't... Your gift isn't the way, the way I would do it to Peter and John and say, yeah, I cast you out of the disciples. Here, here's a couple new guys because you just don't, don't do it the way I do. If everybody was the same... That would suck if everybody was the same it wouldn't be good we wouldn't be able to focus because how many people here want to evangelize okay how many people don't want to evangelize oh i got you there you're like oh i can't raise my hand to that one um yeah we've all been there it's moments where you're like oh i know i should talk to that person and god's and god's telling you you're just like oh but I'm hungry, God, you know, I got to go eat. Um, But Jesus didn't throw out his disciples because they wanted to destroy that town. He said, you're stupid sometimes. I understand you living in the flesh. I'm going to teach you to not live in the flesh. But the freedom that God gives us is what creates unity when love is involved. Love is great. Oh, I love you, but really do you? Because a lot of people I know, when I was raised, is, oh, I love you, but it was control. It it was love. They really loved you, but that's how they loved you. It was controlling you. But God's not that way. He said, freedom is the only way that love will grow. You can't have control and be like, oh, I love you for controlling me. Thank you for, for micromanaging me and... And, you know, telling me what I can't wear and what I can wear and what I can have for lunch and if I have to ask for a glass of milk out of the refrigerator. And, you know, it's like, no, that is control. Love doesn't grow. Control grows. So Jesus created with his disciples an, an, an avenue of freedom. He taught them and said, go do. Then he taught them and said, go do. So in our, in our church, in our house, we have to have freedom to make mistakes, to learn, to, learn from them, to grow in them, but that's where love covers that. Those mistakes and that, that time where they need to grow. John 13, 34 through 35 says, So I give you a new command. Love each other deeply and fully. Some translations just say love each other. But he says deeply and fully. He doesn't say, well, love each other until you make me angry. He says, love each other deeply and fully. Remember the ways that I have loved you and demonstrate your love to others in that same way. And he goes, everyone will know you as my followers if you demonstrate your love to each other. So, most of all, well, I shouldn't say most of all. First of all, we should love each other. The people around you, care for the people that are next to you. Look at the people around you and say, these are the people that, I need, that I'm going to take care of. I'm going to love them. I'm going to, yeah, I know some of you are scary. It's okay. It's okay. You're looking at each other like, oh, really? Um, But first of all, we need to love the people in our house because when we love the people in our house, it creates an atmosphere that, man, they've got my back. So if you know someone has your back, that when you fall, they're there to pick you up. It creates an atmosphere of love that, that when we go outside of the four walls of the church, the love of Christ shows through us because we, the love of Christ shows through us in this house. Yes. This house has to be thick with love yes. so our community will grow in love for each other and the unity grows and then when we go outside of the four walls of the church, it is so thick with love that it's like, man, I don't know who this person is or what they believe, but man, I just feel like they love me and they take care of me. He says, they will know you as my followers by the love you demonstrate. So we can demonstrate love for the people outside of the church, but why don't we demonstrate love for people inside of the church? That's how unity grows. That's how our community grows when we spend time together. We eat dinner together. These two connect groups that we're going to have, it's going to be awesome. I'm making sure there's food at mine. Just saying, I like to eat. If you don't like to eat, you may not want to come to mine, so. Yes. So when we come together as a people, when we, when we grow and say, you know what? I got Sarah's back. I got Ryan's back. I got everybody's back. I may not agree with everything they do, but I've got their back. I love them. I'm going to take care of them. When they fall, I'm going to be there to say, you know what? What do you need? Can I let me help you up? What do you need? We take care of each other's needs. And we say, you know what, you are, I got your back. You're my brother, you're my sister. Together, we are a family in Christ. (coughs) So, the time we're going to spend together, these connect groups are going to be great because we're going to get to know each other. I need to, we need to know each other's hearts. Do, Do you not like this? Do you like this? If you don't know a person, how are you supposed to come together and say, well, I'm going to spend time with you. <laughs> it's awkward when you don't know a person. You're like, uh, you like stuff? You know, like, yeah, I like stuff. Yeah, that's uh, good. It's oh, good. Yeah. It's really awesome sure yeah. so. <laughs> so, the unity that we need comes from spending time with the community of believers that we have. Yeah. There's other believers outside of our church that you will spend time with. And I'm not saying that they're not in unity with you. But for us to grow in our connection with each other, for us to grow as a church, we need to have time with each other. Not just like, oh, hey, good to see you. Got your cup of coffee and your cookie. See you next week. It has to be, let us spend time together. Let's break bread together. Let's talk about things together. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's not weird. But spend that time together because there's something powerful in a group of people who are all on the same page running for a single purpose running for a single goal and focusing on it together let's pray